working for you? Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. We are fluffing around here in studio today. We haven't a bloody clue what we're doing, but we made it. I'm here, you're here. Maybe some of you are on the other stream and you're chatting to a dark screen. I don't know. But if you're over there, get over here and let's get in the word together. Because today we are in Revelation chapter 18 and it is time, my friends, to come out of her my people. Time for us to get out of mystery Babylon as we delve in to this chapter this week. I had a great break last week, was up in Washington. They're in all kinds of trouble up there with the governor. The West Coast truly is toast. Our cities are really manifesting to us exactly what the word says. I see decay on the cities. I see death in the cities. I see a society circling around the drain. And Revelation tells us that this is the time for us to truly take inventory spiritually with our families, with our friends, and our community, and count the cost. And of course, we know that we serve the King of Kings, and this is the time for us to truly dig deep in our faith as we move into the full feasts of Yahuwah, the seventh month of Yahuwah coming up here in these next several weeks. So Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, I pray you are in the chat and that you found this stream. Thank you all for donating, those of you that do support this ministry with the giving of your tithes and offerings. It truly means so much to me, to my family, and to those of us that work so hard here behind the scenes with this ministry. I look forward to getting in the Word with you today. Revelation chapter 18, and in the first verse it says, And after these things... I saw another heavenly Malak, angel, come down from the heavens, having great power, and the earth was lit with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great has fallen. And he cried mightily, saying that word has fallen, has become the dwelling place and habitation of demons and the haunt of every foul, foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. What's happening in our society now is built by these descriptors, isn't it? It is a cage for humanity and it is trying to entrap snare and bring humanity into its cage just a little bit at a time just gently move you all along a little bit at a time well it's so difficult to always stand up you know it's time to acquiesce no it's not time to acquiesce it's time to dig deep in our faith we have to take a choice and make a choice i remember when i was in calvary chapel and i think we all remember when we were back in the infancy of our faith. And we heard these very words from Revelation 18. 
Come out of her. Come out of her, my people. Yet, if you do not, you will partake of her plagues. And I used to think, I've come out of her. I'm a born-again Christian. I've come out of her. Oh, my goodness. And then I started to look around, and I read the scripture in Matthew 7, and it said, enter through the narrow gate. And I'm like, thousands of people around me. I'm like, this seems pretty broad to me. Everyone clappy happy on Sunday. And how come they're still doing this and doing that and they're still sinning and then coming back? And I just couldn't quite wreck. We hadn't come out, had we? It was the beginning. But now, as we're in the Torah and holding close to our Messiah, Yahushua, you see how much narrower the road has become. You see how much smaller that gate has become, don't you? And you see and you look around as Moshe ascended the mountain each and every step. You see people falling off to the wayside, to the left and to the right. And you look around and you say, what happened to that person? Where is that person? Where are the people that I started with? Because this is the endurance and patience of the saints. This is the time. Well, we must dig deep, brethren. We have got to dig deep. Oh, you who become wary when you run with the footman, what will you do when the horses come? Now we're just in the beginning stages of the footman. It's not the time to be wary. It's the time for training. Training in the word training in our communication skills, training to be able to stand. So as we go into this time, I see that we are in the beginning stages of the first few verses of Revelation 18. Because Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, has become a dwelling place for demons. Our world is collapsing in a way that you wouldn't imagine. I'm here, obviously, in the Pacific Northwest, and I work in the city, in the capital of Oregon. And I've been in this city for 20 years, and I've worked and owned a business in the city center for 20 years. And the things that I'm having to deal with now, I have never had to deal with before. I've called out to the police, to the mayor, to the city services, to the council members. There's no assistance. There's no help. The police have their hands tied because district attorneys don't want to prosecute. There's defecation and needles and muggings and violence in the streets. And there's no one to assist us. What do we do? So businesses upon businesses are closing down block by block by block by block. And camps and tents are being erected block by block by block by block. And they're supported and financed by the very governments that are supposed to be helping us. And who are the ones that are being housed in these very camps? The ones that go out by night are burning a looting, a torching, and assaulting, peacefully protesting, they tell us. What a world that we live in. And it's not just here on the 
left coast. Let's look at the right coast. New York City. Take a look at this. This is what the media did not show. Look at everything. Everything's bought. Even the hotel is boarded up. Look. This is all Manhattan. Boarded up. Have you ever seen Manhattan look like this? The media will not report this. Look at Coach. Look at Manhattan. I'm just driving. Not one window left. Look at Microsoft. Gone. The media does not show it because this is what happened. Here's the Rolex store. Right there is the Rolex store. Look at it. Everything boarded up. Zara boarded up. Ferragamo gone. Look, everything's empty. Shops. Everything. Look at the blocks. Look, everything boarded. And is boarded up. Look, they don't want to show this to you people because they're afraid. St. Patrick's Cathedral, not boarded up. They have no windows. Look at this, folks. This is Saks Fifth Avenue. Look. Boarded up from end to end. They put Bob Wire. Check it out. Bob Wire. The media is all here. Look at the media. Look at the security. Security standing outside. Ten guys. Look at this. Puma. Don. Look. Everything gone. Welcome to Manhattan. Guy just went through the red light. Look at that. Boom. Nobody cares. Ted Baker. Gone. H&M. AT&T. All the stores. Look. Look, folks. Everywhere you see boards, windows are gone. Look. Look at this. Look. No, this was not a riot. This was not a riot, right? Look at this. Look at New York City. What happened? Here's the Adidas, the Nike store. Look. Nike, Adidas, Philippines, Oakley, Barnes & Noble. They even took books just to put it on eBay. Anything could sell. They took. Look. Look at this, folks. I'm, go I'm on 45th Street. Look at the time. Four minutes and 28 seconds. And Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's on the right coast and here on the left coast, no different. No different. Everywhere you go, it's getting shuttered and closed, shuttered and closed. It's unprecedented. Unprecedented. Oh, but you know what? I can't wait for this to be over. Everything's going to go back. The economic effects of this, nine months out, they're keeping everything up because of the election. Or they're trying to implode it. You've got the polarity happening. We live in amazing times where you can see here the beginning stages of the first three verses of Revelation 18. You're either in the world and you'll do anything to continue to be a friend of the world or you're preparing spiritually, emotionally, physically to come out of the world because you see that now is the time like no other time before. Because all nations, all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. I took a break last week. But in Revelation chapter 17, I spoke to you 
about Kosovo, what happened in the 1990s. I warned you of the Kosovo Albanian Muslim synagogue of SATAN, NATO, and UN connection just two weeks ago. Do you believe that it is a coincidence that two days ago that the president made the unprecedented changes diplomatically that Kosovo is now joining with the synagogue of SATAN, that means the Albanian Muslims, with the synagogue of SATAN to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Why? Because now we begin to bring in the foot soldiers of NATO and the UN, but that has to happen beforehand. You see, this is a unilateral deal that is all tied in with what we're looking at in Revelation 18. It is not a coincidence that two weeks ago that I brought that up to you, then we see this happening this very week, this very week. Trafficking and trading is what this is all about. I do hope that you, go, you do ab are able to, excuse me, um, tripping over my words there, go to BitChute. Go to our BitChute channel, and I believe on BitChute you should be able to connect and watch Shadowgate by Millie Weaver. If you haven't watched that, you do need to watch that. And if you haven't watched Plandemic 1 and 2, you do need to watch that. I don't think you're going to be able to see them on YouTube, but you can go over to our BitChute channel. So again, we must see Revelation 18 come out of her, my people. We must see that our nations are imploding, and this is a preparation. But as King Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. Here in studio, are we doing camera switching with lights? Okay, just double-checking that we are getting movement because I'm not seeing a lot of movement. Just want to make sure that I'm not on my own up here. Look, as we go into this chapter, nothing new under the sun. One of my favorite prophets, the prophet Jeremiah, he spoke about, of course, Babylon, Babylon, Babylon. And that is our foundational text. But also we're going to look a little bit further back from that. But turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 51. And of course, we're going to see so many similitudes of what Jeremiah was prophesying about with Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. Of course, the writer of the book of Revelation, John the Revelator, is of course pulling his communication skill to his audience from these very texts of Jeremiah chapter 51 and Jeremiah 52. So let's look at that today. I'm excited. Bless you in the chat. Enjoy the fellowship. And remember, you can always connect six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect on all of our Zoom, Zoom platforms. Jeremiah 51 and the 37th verse, it is written, And Babylon shall become heaps, a dwelling place for dragons, 
an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. Verse 39. She shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, saith Yahuwah. And look at verse 62. It shall be desolate forever. Forever. So the Babylon, literally, that Jeremiah is speaking about is one that will sleep a perpetual sleep and she will be desolate forever. So let's not listen to the pastors that would tell us, oh, they're going to rebuild Babylon in Iraq. They found some, 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 and, and they're going to go, you know, it's just the same platitudes of, oh, you know, we're going to go back to, to, to Zion. We're going to be with the Jews at the wall. And we're going to go into the temple and go up to the third temple. Or we're going to go to Petra. It's all the same theology of misappropriating the scriptures and not comprehending the difference between biblical Israel and the synagogue of Satan's Zion and biblical Zion. Not comprehending the difference between Petra as in Shimon Kiefer, the rock, the assembly, the congregation, the kahal, the ecclesia, and all of those descriptive words. And here, the difference and distinction between the Babylon that Jeremiah is speaking about of history that is not going to be remade, and then John using it in the prophetic regarding the nations as a whole. Of course, we know the puppet behind the curtain with all of this is the synagogue of Satan. So let's not confuse Babylon with mystery Babylon, because Babylon is what? In a perpetual sleep. Babylon shall be desolate just for 2,000, just for three and a half thousand years. No, forever. But mystery Babylon is going to be pulled from this source text and put into our prophetic minds for us to understand today. That's very important before we proceed. In Jeremiah chapter 52, he tells us that Babylon historically has been judged. But mystery Babylon, prophetically, is about to be judged. We must make that distinction. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, it is written, The assembly that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus my son. Well, what's going on here then? This is First Peter chapter 5, verse 13. So here, Shimon Kiefer, Petra, the rock, if you will, is telling us what? That he is looking at Rome, at Jerusalem as Babylon. But then we've even spoke about Mecca being Babylon. But the spiritual entity prophetically behind all of this is what? The synagogue of Satan is the thrust behind mystery Babylon. Is the spiritual thrust behind mystery Babylon. But here in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 13, 
the assembly that is at Babylon. So, Peter referred to Jerusalem as Babylon. Not literally, but spiritually, because that is where the synagogue of Satan was housed. But was there an assembly, an ecclesia in Rome? Well, yes, there was. So could you attribute Babylon, mystery Babylon, to Rome and papal Rome? Does papal Rome have a hand in any of the stuff that's going on today? Of course, because we are dealing with a political, religious, and economic entity of occult wickedness. And this whole COVID-19 covers all of it, doesn't it? There's a religious aspect to this, isn't there? Oh, my goodness. There's a Now, it's about you don't love your neighbor unless you're doing X, Y, and Z that they tell you to do. That's turned into a religion. Economically? Oh, of course. It is political. It is political because this shows you that it has got a spiritual base. And who... It's very confusing, isn't it? It's very confusing. Talk to business owners. They don't know whether to go to the left, the right, what ordinance, who, this, um, this entity's going to check in and this entity's going to check in, entity. Because who's the author of confusion? If you listen and read the transcripts of our governors that have sold out over a month, they, they contradict themselves on a, on, a, on a daily basis. Absolute confusion. Because we know that Satan is the author of confusion. But in the midst of this, we will find the narrow road through the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to stand and navigate this time and settle our ruach, our spirit man, to be able to see and navigate in these times. It's pretty exciting. So in chapter 18, we're really dealing with a worldwide problem because Babylon here is going back to a biblical inception point that even predates the prophet Jeremiah. And where would that be? Genesis chapter 11. Of course, this is the biblical inception point where we have a one-world system in rebellion to Yahuwah. And it's led today by a modern manifestation of Nimrod, where there is going to be a Babel event 2020. You know, like 2020 vision, 2020 vision. This is going to be Nimrod taking the curse of Genesis 11 to a whole new level. What do I mean? It's not going to be the confusion of the verbal languages as it was before, but you're about to see a worldwide confusion of the DNA language of man. You are about to see a Babel 2020 event of the DNA confusion of the language of man 
like never before. What happened then will yet happen again, but it is going to be of a Genesis 6 event. All of those in rebellion to Yahweh will have a DNA confusion of the language. The DNA language of man in submission to COVID-19 and rebellion to Yahweh. You see, here, Babylon represents a world empire. Babylon represents... We are the world. We are the people. Sorry. But, you know, let's all love one another and come together. Because if you don't, you ain't loving humanity. Mask up. Vaccine up. FEMA camp in. Otherwise, you don't love humanity. It's Event 2020. It's Epoch 2020. It is the COVID scorpion. They've even talked about possibly using, I don't like mosquitoes, none of us do, but that is some spooky stuff. Even irradiating in the atmosphere. So there may be a time when we will mask up, but it will be because we comprehend that they're irradiating the atmosphere and then it won't be a cloth mask it will be a full-on proper mask which will actually get the micron particles because that is how they could disseminate the vaccine through nanoparticles in the air and at that time then we will mask up but it will not be one of these flimsy-whimsy masks. It's be something that you would have seen when you go into a paint auto booth or when you're dealing with strict vaccine chemicals as in a laboratory, right? These are the things. But I'd just rather flee to the wilderness and not have to deal with any of it. And that's what the Word says that we will do. So prepare to flee to the wilderness because we know that in the Bible COVID-19 had a king over them which was a type of Nimrod from the bottomless pit and we spoke about this a few chapters ago but those of you who may have missed it I'll give you a quick refresh and Greek you the heck out today whose name in the Hebrew tongue the revelator tells us is Abaddon, Abaddon, but in the Greek his name is Apalion or Al-Mumit in the Arabic, which is the 62nd name of Allah, of course, the destroyer. We know that the letter C, as in COVID, is alphanumerically 3. Abaddon is Strong's number 3. You know, like we said, the destroyer, the angel from the bottomless pit. So COVID-19 does, in fact, morph into a certification of vaccination identification. And, of course, Ovid comes from the Latin for the little sheeple, 
as in ovim, right? And Strong's number 19 means death to the slaughter. So I know, I said it a few weeks ago, and some people are like, you're Greeking me out. Yes, I'm Greeking you out, but you should be Greeked out because COVID-19 biblically does mean see Al-Mumat Abaddon, the angel from the bottomless pit, seeks to destroy the sheep and send them to the slaughter by a certification of vaccination identification. What was wrong with the coronavirus? Why did we have to turn it? Because they love to telegraph what they're about to do. Look at verse 4 of Revelation chapter 18. And I heard another voice out of the heavens saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partaker of her sins. Right now, we are seeing the sins, aren't we? Manifest to us on the streets. The sins are being manifest. You remember when Ezekiel, he had to lie on his side and he thought he was going to have to cook his meals with human dung. Why? Because that was a manifestation physically of what was happening spiritually in Jerusalem. When I walk the city streets here, in Oregon, whether it be Portland or Salem, there is a physical manifestation of what is happening spiritually in our communities. It's a byproduct of the spiritual death and disease at the political level. It is a byproduct for us to clearly see of the spiritual, religious, and financial disease in our society. Just as it was in Ezekiel's day. And I'm reminded of that on a daily basis when I go to work. And I look at those scriptures and I go, okay, why didn't I see this a year ago, two years ago? Because now society has progressed to the edge of the cliff. This is a positive message, isn't it? See, give me a vacation, I come back so positive and uplifting. But we really will, but we have to realize this is Revelation 18. This isn't some chicken soup for the soul. No, this is the word of Yahuwah and an admonition for us in these days. And I'll try and make it as positive as one can, but I'm not here to deceive you and to sell you some Kool-Aid. It's reality time, whether you like it or not. And it is a troubling time to live. But I have a hope and a future, and you do too. And the words of the prophet Jeremiah resonate deeply with me, as do the prophets Ezekiel. But we need to be aware in verse 5 of Revelation 18, for her sins have reached the heavens, and Yahweh has remembered her iniquities. I'm sorry, but when you start to see Wayfair merchandise trafficking and you see the trading going on, when you see Pedogate and Hollywood hellaciousness, it's all coming to a head. It truly, truly is. You've got Epstein and Prince Andrew. You've got Weinstein and the Obama cult. You've got Roman Polanski. And all of those leaders were clapping 
clapping and surrounding themselves around those men. But now we don't hear anything about it. You had Michelle Obama singing the praises of Harvey Weinstein. You had the whole of Hollywood pedogate clapping for Roman Polanski. You've had all of this. The Tower of Babel has always been full of sodomites, pedos, and perverts since the beginning. How could they not know what was going on around them? How can you spend 40 years in Hollywood and not know of the hellaciousness that was going on around you? They turned a blind eye just as many in leadership do today. This is the final phases of world government. Where will you get your food? Where will you get your medicine? How will we find shelter and safety when you're denied entry into mystery Babylon because you refused a weaponized vaccination from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? Think about that. What will you do? The mask is just psychological preparation. This is psychological warfare. And it's breaking down the inner man, breaking down humanity, alienating and distancing man from man, panaim, el panaim. It's social programming, all in preparation for the COVID-19 vaccination acquiescence. I mean, I've been emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically preparing for this time for a long, long time, but at warp speed since March 20th this year, at warp speed, and I know many of you have. It says in Revelation chapter 18, verse 10, in verse 17 and in verse 19, in one hour thy judgment will come. Will it come upon you as a thief in the night? It will to those that are going along with the sheep. It will to those that are going along with the sheep. But those that are pulling out and making stands and learning and training and learning to communicate, and preparing yourself for the wilderness, spiritually and physically, you'll see. But what could happen in one hour? Flick of a switch, stock market crash. Flick of a switch, complete economic collapse, coupled with a complete DNA catastrophe of the mixing of DNA language. A catastrophe to humanity compounded with one hour, within one hour. Could you see that that could happen? I certainly could. I certainly, certainly could. Look at verse 6. The reward that she's going to get, reward her even as she has rewarded you. How have you been treated? How have you been treated out there in the streets? How have you been treated as you try and enter as a living man, as a living woman? How have you been treated as a saint? 
by secular humanity. Because how they have treated you is how they shall be. You bless Israel and you shall be blessed. You curse Israel and you shall be cursed. And I'm not talking about the Middle East. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. How you treat me and how we're treated as saints. Well, you shall reap what you have sown. Reward her even as she rewarded you and repay her double according to her works. In the cup that she has filled, fill it double for her. How much she has esteemed herself and lived deliciously. So, you know, when I see Antifa in the hallway of Mayor Ted Wheeler's apartment building, I see these scriptures coming alive. When I see him out there in a mask, acquiescing to stupid, and stupid turns on him, and he has to run scurrying with security back, I see these scriptures coming alive. You try and make a mockery, and you will be mocked and become a laughingstock as the birds of the air seek to devour your carcasses. You see, verse 7, how much she has esteemed herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen, and I'm not a widow, and I shall see no sorrow, right? It's sad to me that so many so-called believers in the church really believe the propaganda out there. It grieves me. It really does. That if we were to just acquiesce and get the vaccine and acquiesce to this new law and this new ordinance, they're not laws, ordinances and orders, then everything would just come back. It's just going to come back. I don't see them mourning for their sin. I don't see them mourning over the death, burial of Messiah Yahushua, of how he took upon our sins. I don't see that kind of grieving. I don't see the counting the cost of the price that Yahushua paid for me. I don't see that. I see too many allegiances with social justice causes that are clearly prohibited in the Bible. I see more alliances with the world than with his word. I see more alliance with sin than I see with glory. I see believers, so-called, walking around like soy boy queens instead of warriors for the word of Yahuwah. Wanting to get noticed for their virtue signaling rather than being known for their biblical beliefs and standing for their religious freedoms in a time of tyranny and persecution. I don't see people aligning with the words written in the book of Leviticus. I don't see people aligning with the first three chapters of the book of Romans. I see social justice soy boy queens acquiescing and then naming the name of Christ. And it is a conflict of interest. Because he said that he would not be with those that are not true to his word.
Or many will come to me in the last days and say, Master, Master, I did this, I did this. I was a social justice warrior for this poor, deprived person. And he say, away from me, for I never, yada, knew you intimately, you who practice lawlessness. And this I see everywhere. Look at verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. Can you see that? Utterly. Our streets are ablaze, are ablaze right now. For strong is the master Yahuwah who judges her and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her. They shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Well, you've got Portland on fire, and then you've got the president going, well, you know what? Yeah, if you can't control the streets, I'm thinking we're going to pull back the federal dollars. (gasps) You can't. Well, hang on a minute. You don't want any federal assistance, but you want federal dollars. Well, how does it? You see these passages in the Bible and the fornication? As the mayors and the governors have been meeting with people from China and selling deals on roads and buildings. And then they won't stand for a federal monument. They won't stand for a federal courthouse. They won't stand for a federal officer. What's happening here? It is a split of lawlessness and tyranny. Just as you saw in history before, whether it be Attila the Hun, whether it be the Romans, whether it be the literal Babylon of the past, you can see the split as it was with the kings of Judah. As it was with the kings of Judah. We will see the smoke of the oil fields of Saudi Arabia just like we did Kuwait in the 90s. Look at verse 11. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys her their merchandise anymore. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls. You remember during lockdown, you you could see hundreds of ships moored out at sea with shipping containers because the ports, they wouldn't let them in. The, The ports here on the coasts of America, were empty. Well, that was just an appetizer of what could come in the next lockdown at fall. You see, this is all right upon the horizon. Verse 12, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all your wood and all the vessels of ivory, the vessels of the most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and of cinnamon and incense and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheatened creatures and sheep and horses and chariots and servants and the beings of men. What a list. The world has gone bananas, hasn't it? The world has gone mad. Today they're denying biology 
and fact whilst promoting identity politics and gender studies. A lot of these Antifa tarts that are so violent out there who are burning the dwelling places in Portland, Oregon, they've got their flame-colored hair, they're idle, they're flabby, they're unemployed, they're violent transvestites and transgenders. Why? Because inner confusion breeds inner turmoil and oftentimes manifests itself into outward violence according to the scriptures. Noah had to deal with this type of tyranny in society where all of a sudden Noah was the outcast because he stayed faithful and true to the word. Babylon, Babylon, Babylon is falling. There's nothing new under the sun. In the 51st chapter of Jeremiah, in the 30th verse, it is written, Her mighty men of Babylon, Jeremiah 51 verse 30, Her mighty men of Babylon have forborne. They have remained in their holds. Their might, well... They had too much soy in their lattes. It failed. They became like women. They have burned her dwelling places. Her bars are broken. You see, we look around in our society and we're like, this, is, this has never happened before. No, 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 no. This does happen. It has always happened when society is circling the drain and about to implode. This is the last sign of society before it goes down the drain of judgment. Historically, this isn't something new. Pink-haired, soy boys, transvestites, transgenders burning and attacking. This isn't new. This is, this is biblical because the word here in verse 30 of Jeremiah chapter 51 for foreborn is the Hebrew word chadal. Chadal. It's spelled hey dalit lamed. It means to be a soy boy. It means to be flabby. You've lost your testosterone. You've lost your edge. Your soft and squidgy. Then the next word we look at remained in their holds. I mean, that's really modern parlance for you live in mummy's basement and you're unemployed, isn't it? Well, that's how I would understand it. And then we see that they became as women, i.e., transgender and transvestite. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 30. And then it said that they burned her dwelling place. Well, it really is about setting odds and sods on fire, like government buildings, police stations, peaceful protests. There's nothing new under the sun. We've got forborn people that remained in their holds, that became like women, burning down dwelling places as society in Jeremiah 51 verse 30 is about to implode. 
You've got flabby, unemployed people living in their mother's basements that come out dressed in women's clothing and then go attack and burn odds and sods publicly. And this happened in the past. And you look at it now and you're like, oh, this is brand new. No, it's not. This is historically what happens to society. There were transgenders, transvestites, burning, looting in the times of Noah that he's like, I've got to get out of here and build an ark. Because when you break down the family unit, everything becomes very, very convoluted and fluid. Convoluted and fluid. And fluidity is easy to ignite. Rock and mortar is strong. Petra cannot be burnt. But fluidity is gasoline. Which is, of course, why it's so supported. It's so supported. Because you can easily inflame and ignite people that come from broken homes that have no religious and moral fortitude. They are easy to ignite, to use for tyranny. And that's why you see it. I mean, you've seen the video of the transvestite on a picnic table up in Portland. And, and, you know, his skirt's about to catch on fire and his feet are about to catch on fire. And everyone's egging him up. Being arrested so many times and then released, catch and release, catch and release. What's happening? What's going on? Well, Jeremiah would tell you, as would Noah, there's nothing new under the sun. But Yahuwah is guiding us. History teaches us, as with ancient Babylon, the sign of a society's impending doom and destruction is when flabby, unemployed men become as women and start rioting and setting shit on fire. And yes, I just said that word on live stream because you know what? That's the reality to the applause of the general public. That's what people do. I have to step over that stuff every day just to go to work. I'm tired of it because nobody is willing to deal with it. And you're going to be upset because I said a four-letter word. Come on, people. Wake up to the realities of society. And if you disagree with the kind of behavior that's going on in our society today, you are a racist, Nazi, homophobe, this. I am a religious preacher of the word, and the word says, Her mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight, and they have remained in their holds. Their might hath failed. They became as women. They have burned her dwelling places, and her bars are broken. And the word of Yahweh shall go forth like a sharp two-edged sword, and no man shall fear the spoken word of Yahweh or its interpretation in your your ears. And if it offends you, then the word doth offend. 
I am trying to give you an historical, biblical perspective for what your eyes see in the city streets and why people say, well, how come there is such a huge amount of this type of society that's involved in this kind of mayhem? Why? Why? Well, this is why giving you biblical perspective for what's happening before your eyes. Yahweh, the prophets and the apostles, our Savior in the Bible, make it very cut and dry. The problem is that our hipster believers that have spent too long in those hipster churches, they aren't believers in the aforementioned at all, are they? Because in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 5, it says, they have entertained perverse disputings of men they have become corrupt in their minds because they've listened to too many hipster sunday sermons they're men destitute of the truth supposing that gain in godliness from such we should withdraw ourselves and in second timothy chapter 3 verse 5 it says that those hipsters that have compromise the faith they have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away they wouldn't read to you jeremiah 51 verse 30 because it's offensive it's politically incorrect and they would say it's hate speech no it's not hate speech hatefulness is when you go and defame somebody this is education on history and why we're seeing the things that we're seeing in our streets today. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5, as Torah believers, the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, and neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do such are an abomination unto Yahweh thy Elohim. I'm not here to judge the heathen. Yahweh will judge the heathen. I'm here to admonish us who call ourselves believers to align ourselves with the word. And we are to judge ourselves according to the word. And if there are any that name the name of Moshiach and they align with the libtard theology out there, then they have compromised the faith and they should be called out because they claim to be of Israel, yet they have aligned with Mystery Babylon. That is why I'm communicating this message. There are too many soy boys within the faith that are aligning with these outrageous ideologies. outrageous ideologies so in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 it says have you not known that the unrighteous the reign of yahweh shall not inherit be not led astray don't be whoremongers don't be idolaters 
Don't be adulterous. Don't be effeminate. And don't be a sodomite. That's what the word says for those of us in the household of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. But too many preachers will not read you these words because they're offensive to a society that is circling the drain. Verse 14, it says unto us in the Revelation chapter of 18, And the fruits that you're being lusted after are departed from you, and all the things that were dainty and good have departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who were made rich by her shall stand far off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Oy vey, the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches have come to nothing. And every ship captain and all the passengers and sailors and as many as trade by sea, they stood far off and they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like this great city? You see, the laws are being conspired against the freedoms and it's all happening right now. Freedoms are being deprived of you and I, all in support of the Wu flu tyranny. Every ship captain, judges, and all the passengers, the general populace, and all the sailors, the lawyers, that trade in the courts. In the 17th verse, they tell us that they will stand afar off from you who assert your religious freedoms. They will be so offended at you who assert your religious freedoms. Because it's our faith and freedom of religion that will push us out of Babylon. Because at some point you're going to say, this is in conflict with my religious beliefs. I am prohibited by the law of Yahuwah from acquiescing with that. I mean, you guys are going to do what you're going to do. I'm not here to judge you, but I'm here to judge me. And I cannot acquiesce to those immoral codes, orders, because they're in conflict with the law of Yahuwah. And my religion, that is a true, pure, and undefiled religion, because it is the word of Yahuwah with the Ruach HaKodesh and Yahushua inside of me, will actually push me out of mystery Babylon. If you stay true to his word, Yahuwah will use his truth to push you, just like an eagle has to push the eaglets out of the nest. Because Yahweh tells us in the Torah that we are what? Just like eaglets in the nest. And the only way they learn to fly is they get pushed out of the nest. And that forces them to leave mystery Babylon. So standing on the word, standing to your convictions, even the hard ones that I have spoken today that are an assault and an affront to society because it's so politically incorrect.
for you to believe orthodox Bible today. So politically incorrect to be an orthodox Bible believer of which I am. That it will actually push you out of the nest. Because you will become hated. And you will be called all the names under the sun. As you exit mystery Babylon. How many of you have been called all names under the sun? I have believing friends that are black that have been called house ends because they align to the word or they align to principles that are not of the liberals. This is disgraceful. This is disgraceful. People being verbally assaulted because they do not align. This is disgraceful. We're not here to verbally assault anybody. We're here to speak the word of Yahuwah. And it is very clear that society is polarized. Because as mystery Babylon is being judged, as Babylon was being judged in the days of Jeremiah, the sickness seeps out of the pores of society and the fans of the flame. The flames are fanned, I should say. And that's what we see. It is our faith. It is our freedom of religion that will push us out of the nest. Just like the eaglets are pushed out by their father, so we will be pushed out by our heavenly father. There are lawless ones all around us, coloring law that will stay in the burning of the cities to the very end. They won't go. They will go down, in fact, with their laws. Well, we will stand with the laws of Yahuwah because the maritime laws of this world will be judged because they have been converting the soul of man into a trade, into a bond to sell on the open market on the high seas. It's interesting to note back in Jeremiah 51 verse 1, it is written, Thus saith Yahuwah, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me a destroying wind. A destroying wind. We'll finish up with this interpretation of that destroying wind and hopefully tie it all in for us this afternoon. Because the Bible does declare the east wind as the destroying wind. You know that wind that appeared in Joseph's dreams? All the way through the prophets. It arrived on the doorstep of Job himself. The east wind originates in Ishmael's land. The land of Faran or Paran, Medina and Mecca, because it's an Ishmaelite storm cloud that's ascending and descending. Islamic in origin that blows westward in its last throes to try and topple Western Christian civilization. 
The very same desert of Paran that is mentioned in Genesis chapter 21, verse 21. The site where Ishmael settled was in fact Mecca. I spoke about this a few weeks ago. Yakat al-Hamawi, or Faran, of course, is an Arabized Hebrew word. So Mecca's beginning is attributed to Ishmael's descendants. And that east wind of course, the Psalms speak of a place where pilgrims would ascend on their way to the temple area in Jerusalem. They would travel from Mecca, Ishmael's land, to the feasts of Yahuwah. Turn with me to Psalm 84, verse 4, and you'll see the origin of that land where they would travel from being Mecca, and they would ascend up to the feasts of Yahuwah. They would be blown in from the desert. Psalm 84, verse 4. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. You see, the valley of Baca right here in Psalm 84 verse 4 is referring to the mentioning of Mecca. Mecca as Baca. You'll actually find it right in the Quran in Surah 396, where Hagar Settled with Ishmael. The Greek historian Diodorus Siculus, who lived between 60 before the Common Era and 30 before the Common Era, he wrote about an isolated region of Arabia in his work Bibliotheca Historica, describing a pagan holy shrine of the Kaaba at Mecca, and he described it this way, quote, And a temple has been set up there which is very holy and exceedingly revered by all Arabians. Now, Ptolemy, he called the city Makrabah. You see, Mecca was also mentioned in the Samaritan literature, in the book of Asseter, the Samaritan book of the secrets of Moses, by Moses Gaster, which claimed that Mecca was actually built by Ishmael and his eldest son, Nebaioth. Very interesting. Because there is an inscription on the foundation of the Kaaba, the black stone, that reads thus. I am Allah, the Lord of Baca. What you just saw in Psalm 84, verse 4. I created it on the day I created heaven and earth and formed the sun and the moon, and I surrounded it with seven pious angels, and it will stand while its two mountains stand, a blessing to its people with milk and water. So the seven mountains could even be seven demonic angels. The name Baka 
is actually woven into the kiswa, which is the cloth that actually covers the kabar that is replaced every year before the hajj. Isn't that interesting? Because in light of two weeks ago teaching on Kosovo and the Albanian Muslims and the synagogue of Satan connection with the United Nations and NATO and the defunding and destabilization of the police in our nation and the east wind that is blowing, can you make the connections or am I just jumping way ahead here? Too many apocalyptic thoughts, maybe. But to me... I see an east wind blowing westward, and I see it coming in fast. And if you've ever seen or been in the Middle East in a sandstorm, it comes fast, like a thief in the night. Of apocalyptic precautions, when everybody, well, you know what, we just take this and everything's going to go back. I can't wait till this is over. Oh, I can't. How many times? Oh, I can't wait till this is. Wow, okay. That's like saying, I can't wait till this is over as you're about to be deployed into a full combat tour. You better get your mind right. You ain't going home for a long time. And you don't need the mind of, I can't wait to get home. You need the mind of a warrior of what you're about to enter into. And you better get the thoughts of peace and safety out of your mind. Because that is going to make you weak. That is not going to help you to endure what is about to come. In verse 19, and they cast dust on their heads. And where did that dust come from, brethren? The lands of Ishmael. And they cried, a weeping and a wailing, and saying, oh no, the great city in which all that had ships in the sea were made rich before because of her wealth. For in one hour the stock market and everything crashed and the DNA of man was totally corrupted and now it's all gone sideways and I love the world so much. I just love the world. Well, if you love the world, you've made yourself an enemy of Yahweh. Rejoice over her, you heavens, and you most holy apostles and prophets, for Yahweh has avenged you on her. Can you really see? the separation of the wheat and the chaff. We are a tripartite being. Our physical bodies are going to have to leave. But our mind first has to prepare us. But ultimately, it's only going to be my spirit man that's going to give me the courage to be able to go. But we must work in unity with the Holy Spirit of preparation. And that's why when I see people acquiescing to stupid, I see that they're doing themselves a disservice for what is about to come. And if you kid yourself, I can't wait till this is over, you're not ready for the combat of what the revelator tells us is coming. 
a sobering message today, but also hopefully you could see a little bit of my humor in the deliverance of it. Because this sounds to me in this 19th and 20th verse like possibly it could be a bunch of libtards crying after the election in 2020. Right? Will this be November the 4th? Casting dust on, their, dust on their heads and crying and weeping and wailing. Somebody's going to be crying on November 4th. Anyway, you slice it. Hopefully, we will be prepared for whatever happens. Pray for peace, but prepare for war. I know people think, oh no, this great democracy in which all that the government has for us, all the handouts that come through maritime law and commerce, we were made rich by the buying and selling over the seas to China. Oh, it's, it could never be over, surely. Well, what happens when it is over? In one hour, in an election, tyranny godlessness, a form of democracy, but it's not a republic. What happened? And a mighty heavenly angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, just like this, with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of the harpists and the musicians and the flutists and the trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in you. And no craftsman of any craft shall be found any more in you. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in you. I mean, I hearken back unto Jeremiah 51, again in the 58th chapter, where it says of Babylon, Thus saith Yahweh of hosts, The broad walls of Babylon shall be utterly broken, and a high gate shall be burned with fire, and the people shall labor in vain. And the folk in the fire, well, they shall be weary. I wonder about all of this. I really do. There's so many ways to look at it. It's so much disinformation. But when I hold the word onto my chest, I feel secure of all the information and all the power that is in here. That is true. That is pure. That is just. That is holy. I wonder of the fire and those that will be weary. And I wonder if it's all got to do with SpaceX. I wonder if it's got to do with Mars, Neuralink. It's just like a precursor for our... Our high gates are being burned. What does that mean? Our high gates are being burned. I mean, I know in Jeremiah's day, the high gates were literally the high gates. But what are our high gates today? Is it some kind of crazy high gates up there? I mean, I'd like to think that it's Bill Gates' gates being burned, but I don't think it is. I mean, is it Elon Musk playing with fire? You know he's playing with fire. And while we're on the topic of Elon Musk, who's white, you do realize he's an African-American, right? 
You see, I know so many black people that don't want to be called African-American. They're American, just like you. We're American. But are we? Aren't we supposed to come out of her, my people? Aren't you really Israel? All 12 tribes? And so many of our black brothers and sisters are from the house of Judah. So why are we all caught up on this African-American? Oh, I'm an English-American. Where do you find your worth and value? I don't find it in my carnal man. I find it in the word of Yahuwah. Let Elon Musk be an African-American. Let you and me be biblical Israel. Yet you and me be part of Joseph's technicolored coat. And come out of her, my people. Stop aligning yourself with your carnal flesh. Stop aligning yourself with carnal ideas of man. That they try to divide you based upon your carnal flesh. It's so base, isn't it? It's so base and repugnant to me. I don't want to be known. I mean, didn't, didn't Martin Luther King, King say himself, don't judge a man by the color of his skin, but by his deeds, his action, who he really is, who she really is. We live in a world that is truly gone to the base elements of society. Sex, skin color, political party. These are the things that Jeremiah saw. These are the things that Noah saw. But there's a people that are a multi-ethnic Joseph's coat that say, no, I don't want to be known as an American Viking. Because that's what you could, you know, sure, I've got some Viking. I don't want to be known as that. I want to be known as a man of Yah. You want to be known as a woman of Yah. We have to stand to be pure spiritual beings. Because in verse 23, it says, The light of a candle shall shine no more at all in you, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of the world, for by your sorceries were all nations deceived. And you can see the sorcery that is worked today, at work today, can't you? In all areas, it's the witch's brew. And in her was found the blood of the saints and of the Israelite saints and all of those that were slain upon the earth. You see, we have a limited time to let our light shine in this present darkness, if you will, that seems to be engulfing our very cities, our very communities, especially here on the, the West Coast. I see, but I just showed you video from the right coast. It's affecting our consciousness. It's affecting us daily. But it's taking a toll 
on the nations as a whole because they have no inward spiritual man. They only address the carnal man. And that is why they're so engulfed in the very, very flames. We have such a small window, brethren, such a small window of time as the bride to declare the word of the bridegroom to a sick and dying world. Before what? Before the voice of the bridegroom and the bride. It shall be heard no more. I had a wonderful experience this week. I met this gentleman on the side of the street, homeless. 22 years in prison for murder. Got released during this COVID. Came to know the Savior when he was in prison. Reciting scripture after scripture after scripture of how he showed me his mugshot and everything. How he, that's the dead man. I'm a new creation, just on fire, on fire. We were talking about all of the situations and what's going on in the world. And to see somebody with such vigor, with such passion, but be able to see the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa, and he was a black man. But being able to see it from a biblical worldview and like, this is crazy land. This is not what we as saints have to be a part of. And to seeing that we really, in this time, in this age, Yahweh is calling us out. He's setting the captives free, even that man from prison. But really, it's a time to be set free from a spiritual prison. And we've only got a limited time before the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride shall be heard no more. It's a very sober chapter 18. I mean, I thought, well, maybe I'd make it a comedy, make it light-hearted and super hyper-spiritual. But I'm like, it's Revelation 18. How could I do such a thing? I'd be defrocking and defrauding you. Let's have a see what you've got in the chat. Let's make it a little light-hearted now for crying out loud, please. But I think Jeremiah 51 and 52. I think Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 6 are a very strong foundation for us to see the reality of what is about to happen with mystery, mystery Babylon. It really is time to get our spiritual houses in order. All right, if you want me to redline and um, pay attention, then um, redline me here. Let's make sure that I've got all of the chat going on here, live chat in general. Julia says, DNA equals divine nature applied. Well, there you go, Baruch Hashem. These old grandma, 
Shabbat Shalom Diesel crew up there in Snohomish. Diesel Grandma says, avoid the test. Avoid the vaccines. And avoid all pharmaceutical drugs, if at all possible. Well, I think that's very good advice. I'd like some advice. Give me some advice. Chris and Chelsea Mulroney, Shabbat Shalom to you and the Mishpocha down there. I'm not sure where you're at anymore. Are you still south of Eugene or did you move? It's been so long. The noose of this world is ever tightening and we must keep our eyes on Yeshua. Thank you for shedding the light on the chasm between what is of this world and what is of Yahweh. Praise Yah. I pray I did shed a little light. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Much more truth. Shabbat Shalom. Brandon down there in Florida. He says, don't take the drugs. They offer in lieu of the vaccines and beware of the matador. Beware of the matador. What's the matador? I'm missing something there. Yes, yes. All right. If you want to, if you have a question or a comment, Diesel Grandpa says, I'm an American American. I like that. I like that. Wonderful. All right, we got Chris in FEMA Region 4. He says, I'm a Puerto Rican American of the House of Joseph. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. There we go. We got another one from Sparkanu is Yah. Sparkanu says, The question isn't, are you Christian, Jew, or Muslim? The question is, are you Israel? There you go. And we know that Sparkanu is Yah is talking about biblical, biblical Israel. I did get a little tongue tied today as I was going along. Libby, Shabbat Shalom, Libby down there in the south, in the southern hemisphere. Not really southern hemisphere, but you know, compared to where we're up here in the Pacific Northwest. She says, we are Israel. Praise Yah from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. I love it. I love it. I love all of this. Our identity. Astrid Quotian. Our identity is in Yahuwah. It is. It is. It is so, so true. So true. Let's see. Do we have anyone redlining me here at Torah to the tribes? Much more truth says red cape equals distraction matador is holding the cape and the sword oh got it i'm with you we're talking spanish bullfighting right got it got it i'm going to read a scripture here from uncover truth uncover truth says i've got to set my timer otherwise i'll be up here all blooming night rattling on you see give me a vacation and uh I miss you guys so much. I miss teaching the word that I go so long when I do get back. I can't help it. Mm, let's see. Amos 8.11. Behold, the days come, saith Yahuwah Elohim, that I will send a famine into the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst or water, but of hearing the words of Yahuwah. Again, like we finished up today, the time to speak the bridegroom's words as the bride is very limited. Angela Bonjour. Matthew, what do you think about the census? Could it be tracking people for the vaccine to the FEMA camps? Of course it's tracking. I mean, that's the whole reason they do it. But last time I checked, I'm not a resident. 
I live before you in this body. That's where I live. And I have evidence to prove it. So those, those things are always addressed to residents. So I don't know who they are. But they're certainly not me, so I never answer them. Oh, here we go. I've got to answer this one. This one comes from Cameron Milroy. <laughs> All right. People are going to go, oh, it's so carnal. But, you know, I said pray for peace, but prepare for war. So Cameron is preparing for war. If you had a choice between a Springfield Armory or a Smith & Wesson, what HK would you purchase? Well, Springfield Armory and Smith & Wesson, Wesson aren't HK, so I would purchase an HK, Heckler and Coke, over a Springfield Armory and a Smith and Wesson. But if I had to choose between a Springfield Armory only and a Smith and Wesson, I would go for a Springfield. That's just me. In fact, I've got a Springfield XD5 Tactical in um, OD green and black, and I really like it. That's my big gun that is right beside my bed in a locked safe with a punch code that I know in my sleep. Just in case you're thinking of coming knocking, I'm already. All right, where was we? Let's get back to the word. <laughs> ah, but yes, yeah, I would, I would always pick a heckler and coke over any handgun that's just me. That's my preference. And if you have something to say about it, put it in the chat. And we could, we could do a whole chat session just on weapons and tactics. And we may do that sometime just for fun, just for kicks and giggles. Desert Windsurfer says thus, Yahuwah bless you and keep you safe. Shalom. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Rene says, Shabbat Shalom, Matthew. Can you please say a prayer for my family and loved ones to come to the Torah truth? Thank you so much. Let's join in prayer right now for Renee. Father, we thank you so much, Abba, for the Mishpucha, the family that you have out in the nation scattered. And we do lift up our sister. We pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit, your Ruach HaKodesh, to draw, Father, her loved ones unto you, unto you through your Son and through the Holy Spirit. Ah, will we come in a community of prayer? And everybody says, Amen. Baruch Hashem, Rene El. We lift you and yours up in peace and shalom. Chris in FEMA Region 4 says, I'll go with a Sig Sour. Well, you know, Sig is great. I've got a Sig, but I've had a couple of chimneys on it. And a lot of problems. So, you know, the reliability, I've put thousands of rounds. I mean, literally thousands through the HK, and I've never had a stovepipe, never. So, yeah, I've had so many stovepipes with the SIG that, um, yeah, it just makes me nervous to take it out. Um, it's just, yeah, it's fine. for Actually, fire's really great. It's got a great um, trigger trigger on it but uh, anyway sorry sorry see my son's looking at me like yeah give me more and then i know i shouldn't diesel grandma says at aaron sermuk are you heading to colorado most would have to do tents and rvs only due to no facilities open oh i don't know where brother aaron is going but he's going somewhere maybe to colorado grafted into the route says do you re recommend that we get 
Oh, yes. Do you recommend we get the Alan Long Primer Bible? Yes, I didn't bring it today. I do. I do. The King James Version, the Long, the long Primer, the one I've spoken about in the past. Maybe somebody could put that up. I know Diesel Grandma and Grandpa. Put that up in the chat, the link. It is a very good source for your documentation. You want to make that your house Bible and you want to record all of your marriages and births in that because that is your legal document. Very important. I do like that. That is a great family heirloom to pass down to the generations. So I would recommend that too, yes. Well, we got some good info from William R. I won't spend too much more time on weapons, otherwise you guys are going to just eat me alive. Let's get Desert Wind Surfer says, I only know believers online sites. Please pray for my family and loved ones to come to the knowledge of Yahuwah, the truth and love of Yahuwah. Well, there are so many um, Desert Wind Surfer that are alienated, especially during this this pandemic, you know, out there, we are so blessed. We're ahead of the curve, aren't we? Because we've been an online ministry and had an online con congregation for so many years and we're already set up for this. So right now is a great opportunity for us all to bow our heads in prayer for Desert Wind Surfer and pray for his family, father or her family. Could be a her, I don't know. There could be chicks windsurfing in the desert, as far as I know. Father, we do pray for our brother or sister, whoever they be, by this handle, Desert Windsurfer, for their family and loved ones to come to the knowledge and truth of you, Yahuwah, because we know, Father, that you drawed us when we were yet still waging war and in the world, Ava, because you first loved us, that you chose us and you drew us unto you. We pray for our community and for the faith of the saints, that you would draw with your long-suffering and your patience those out of the nations right now in this time to waken up to this reality of your calling. The voice of the bridegroom calls and the word of the bride is to be spoken in an urgency. We pray that you would draw those out in Desert Wind Surfer's family, in the knowledge of Yahuwah. Amen. Amen. Ah, oh, yes, Shora Nikravesh. Welcome back, Brother Matthew. Thanks for your wonderful teaching from Persian, Persian Jews from Los Angeles. Oh, yes, you guys, it was so wonderful having you up here and being able to be in the rivers of Mikvah that we did. It was so wonderful. I hope that we can see again, come up again. Love to spend another Shabbat with you guys too. Aaron, I saw Aaron pop up there somewhere. Where is he? Where did Aaron go? Oh, Aaron. Diesel Grandma. Oh, he's chatting away to Diesel Grandma. Chelsea tells us, and Chris Mulroney. Yes, we're still outside of a Eugene. We want to come up to the studio in person but don't want to get you in trouble. I think we're all right. I think we're good. We had a small crew today. We got room in the studio. That one weekend, we, we were on real restrictions here, weren't we? It depends, doesn't it? I can't keep up with it all, I tell you. Oh, Desert Windsurfer. She is a woman. See, a woman 
windsurfing through the desert, being blown from the east to the west. Much more truth says, do you think COVID is part of the strong delusion? The second wave will cause to see people drop dead before us. Vaccine will then be begged for order out of chaos. Yes, but they won't switch it on until they have, you know, got everybody they absolutely can to take it. Now, Cellwell 1 tells us that vitamin D3 is preventative because COVID-19 is a vitamin D3 deficiency virus, um, a current study out of Spain. Um, well, okay. Well, now that I said that, will you have to watch this on BitChute? We shall see what the higher-ups at YouTube think about that statement. William says from the book of Lucas, the book of Luke 22, verse 36. And he said to them, but now let him who has purse take it, likewise also a bag, and let him that has no handgun go sell his garment and buy a short gun and a handgun, or a short gun and a long gun. All right. I'm paraphrasing. Read the scripture yourself. Two swords, a short sword and a long sword. You go do the math, okay? We live in a modern world and we use modern language. So yes, it's time to pray for peace and get ready for war. We are a people of peace though. But we did leave Egypt and we were prepared for Amalek attacking the elderly, the sick, and coming for the children. And we were prepared to have strong arms and assistance to help so that we could win the battle with Amalek. But we didn't leave Egypt like a bunch of soy boy queens disarmed thinking about pansies. Okay, reality check, read the Bible. Because some people get all carnal on me when I wear an HK shirt or something like that and say, oh, well, what kind of believer are you? Am I talking about weapons? Well, read the Bible, please. Thank you for that verse. Anyway, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a wonderful Shabbat. What a wonderful Shabbat. I think that's it, guys. I love you all. Blessings. Stay strong. Stay faithful. And remember, Yahweh is gathering us from the nations. This is the time. We're coming up on the seventh month. We have got, of course, the Feast of Trumpets, the calling to war, the calling to congregation, the calling to come out of her, my people. Listen to the trumpet. Listen to the shofar. Yahushua fulfilled the spring feasts. And we know and anticipate him fulfilling the full feasts. Should we be looking at the pattern in the wilderness now? Yes. We should be waiting for the sound of the shofar. A time to come out of her, my people, to be gathered to war. Prepare for ten days of trouble and awe. And then there's a time of solemn mourning. And then four days later, we prepare to come to the marriage supper of the Lamb, go into the wilderness for the Feast of Tabernacles. And then out in the wilderness, we see and wait for the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh. It is a seventh month prophetically coming up here. 
and literally. So yes, it is a very, very amazing time to be alive. It's an amazing time to be in the book of Revelation. It's been difficult for me because it's been very somber and I tend to be a little bit more light-hearted. And some of you would go, no, you don't. But no, I mean, it's a long 18 chapters of very heavy material. You know, I'm looking forward to going to something a little bit more happy-clappy afterwards. I don't know what suggestions you may have. Maybe we just go through the Psalms or the Proverbs. But it's a special time to be alive, isn't it? Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. I'll finish up with a word here from William. Give thanks to Yahuwah, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Give us some thumbs up. And remember, subscribe to the channel. And thank you for your donations. And if you haven't donated to this ministry, pray and consider stewardship to this ministry. We thank you so much for all of you that do support this ministry. And I hope to see you as we delve into Revelation 19, coming round the final furlong in this grand book of apocalyptic proportions. Shabbat Shalom.